Hello, welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Maria and I interrupted Deb. I know, I don't have any visuals for you. If you could print me some visuals, then I can be like, or I can write on my hands. Um, That's okay, you can interrupt me. I don't have problems with that. Um, Welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb. And I'm Maria. And here's our podcast for the realistic SLP. How are you, Maria? Who's, who I'm good. Who sometimes interrupts. So sometimes That's we funny. don't have the best communication patterns ourselves. And that is something to think about, too. Yeah. I don't think I've ever taught someone to not interrupt in speech therapy. Oh, really? You're not I'm into one. the interrupting. You're like, you got a okay. good idea. You got to blurt it I'm out like, there. I feel you. Yes. <laughs> Let me hear it. Um, if anything, I might be like, oh, I'm so excited to hear what you're saying. But right now we're listening to the teacher. So when she's done, I'll, I'll listen to you. But I never, yeah, I never frame it as like turn taking or being polite. I don't really care about being polite. Okay. I think that's Fair boomer mentality. I keep really highlighting my politics here on the show. I swear I don't talk like this. Uh, she really <laughs> doesn't. Guys. She likes to just save it for the podcast, just specifically <laughs> for me. You know, the person who I guess could care maybe slightly the least in politics, because I just <laughs> I know they're going to say this is wrong, but I don't feel like our voices get heard. So I've kind of just like given up, I guess, which is not good, uh, a not good way to live. Either. Maria, you have at least 10 people listening to you right now. <laughs> yikes listen politics is just I feel like if you're interested in it great if you're not interested in it also great so that's my you have the freedom of speech there you go and you could have your opinions on the politics that's the point of politics I have my feelings on politics good I'm glad (laughs) I'm glad you have feelings in general as a whole there you go feelings are good feelings Um, are good Yes, but feelings aren't facts. Mm, that's true. Well, yeah. your feelings are based off like what you tell yourself about the fact, like what you make it mean, you know, how you interpret that information. How are your feelings lately, Maria? How are you feeling? I'm feeling okay, Deb. Thank you for checking in with me. I feel okay. Yeah. I yeah. don't particularly love the winters in New uh-huh. York. But I can't complain that much because we've had some warm days. Like I was just yeah. stating our last episode, I got the opportunity to do some speech therapy outside. I mean, in January in New York, that's usually yeah. like not the go-to. So there have been some nice moments of enjoying the weather. But I can't say, I think I might, I would love some beach time. You know? Yeah. yeah but- LPs out there. I'm a little jealous. So do you think like ultimately you belong somewhere like Florida or Greece? Maybe Greece you belong. <laughs> <gasps> Shout out to Greece, Savada. Um, no, I don't know where I see myself. That's such a great point. I'm not sure yet. As of right now, I'm in Brooklyn. So I don't want to like, you know, I'm in New York. So that's where I'm Maria, seeing myself. Maria's brainwashed to like not want for more than she has. She doesn't want to complain. She doesn't want to wish for anything else. That's not nice or right. Me, I'm like, the hell with this. I guess that's 
like I would like a place, yeah, that I could go to the beach. I guess like California. Like SLP shout out to Rachel Madel. Like, you know, like you could like be done with sessions and then like go, you know, to the boardwalk. Or Landon Lang, right? California speechy. Yes, yes. Shout out to SLP. Jesse Ginsburg and Jess- Chris. That's Chris right. Lesson? Do they go to the beach after work? Like, you know, and they have oh, yeah, like- I see their Instagrams. Yeah. I'm not that, I mean, yeah. So that's what I want. <laughs> but I'm okay with what I have too, you know? I'm just like, yeah, there's gratitude. some too, you know? So I'm just, uh, I'm being optimistic. Uh-huh. But not toxically positive, right? I don't think so because I'm still speaking openly that I wouldn't mind to be in California and be at Beach SLP, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I think I could could be a beach SLP. I mean, there's a lot of sensory with sand. Sand. Actually, every time I draw an S page, I'm like, all of this is like, like sands, uh, sea star, seahorse. Yeah. Even though that's SH, but that's okay. We can do S one sky. I feel like I'm always drawing like. That's water sailboat sea sand sea star salt uh showers yeah. another <laughs> i guess like a continuation of that page could also could yeah. be a whole book prompt that's a different plane that is a different i'm just <laughs> my mind's on the beach i'm just thinking of all the things that we see at the beach yeah no, you're looking S blends. I'm just like, what else can we see on this beach? So many things by the shore. Shoes. Sugar. Yeah. Sugar. <laughs> yes. Like so many things. What, what about you, Deb? You where is your ideal like topical location climate? I love Brooklyn. It's a fortune. My last apartment I moved out of is now on the market for forty two fifty monthly. Like, get the hell out of here. That's insane. I don't even know. And then I'm just saying, that's in Carroll Gardens. Yesterday I was in Dumbo. I'm passing all these apartments. They have to be like ten to $15,000 a month. What is your job? And how come nobody told me? Why didn't anyone tell me to get that job? Or are these people just inherently rich? What is it? I need the answers. I don't know how. I guess it's all lawyers, finance, doctors, whatever. I don't know what it is. Um, comedians that are on tour. Can you just like ring their bell and ask? Sure, I can try. No, there's signs out front that say all guests must be announced. And there's like people who have to walk you to the elevator. The rich people don't want you to know. <laughs> okay, fair point. I don't think they want you to know. It's probably all real estate people too. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like my... I just moved to Red Hook and I'm on like the Carroll Garden side of Red Hook, which doesn't make sense to anyone outside of Brooklyn. But Red Hook is very, um, it's like close to Manhattan, but also quite inconvenient because the closest trains are in Carroll Gardens. And if you go to like the other side of Red Hook, that's like by the water and that's like kind of getting built up because there's a lot of factories and, and com- businesses there, but there's like starting to be more residences and there are, there's, there is housing there as well. Um, that's like very far. So you need to bike everywhere or have a car. Um, 
and we were we spent time over there today. Yeah, I would love to have a house in Red Hook. That would be sweet. I don't know if that's in the cards for me. But well, Red Hook is more affordable once you leave like Carroll Gardens and Gowanus. Red Hook is more affordable, so maybe that's more yeah, realistic goal too. Because those houses there are like five point five million, like those brownstones, like six yeah. million. So. I see someone on TV or in movies every time I walk my son to school. I'm like, get out. Why are you here? I thought LA was the thing or Brooklyn Heights. Like, stop coming to this. My dad was born here in his house in 1946. Like, it was all poor Irish and Italian people. There was Mm -hmm. no money here. Like, they had these things called cold water flats. There was no bathroom like separate things it was like one apartment there was no heat you had like a wooden a burning stove and they would take as eight-year-old kids like take their wagons to red hook and find lumber yards of wood and drag it back to their house on garnet street in carroll gardens by the guanas canal to heat their fourth floor walk up cold water flat wow um, yeah that's hard work heat something we just push a button now and have so thanks for putting perspective for us take a sip of your wine for that Mm -hmm. speaking of i'm still drinking couples goal couple goals it's um a french wine unfiltered organic wine i vote drink it it's quite smooth and smooth uh, how sweet do you feel like i learned something um when it's very very sweet like your tongue just like clicks right behind your alveolar ridge or is it more of like your tongue has a reaction like in velar like the back of the tongue do you notice anything like that as a as a response um i'm definitely fear, feeling it more posterior my posterior. tongue is being sleepy like i tell my kids i'm always like lift up that tongue tip ah uh, don't don't talk to me like this. Right. Lift up that tongue. Yes. Um, Awareness to the tongue and t- telling them explicitly what you want them to do with their muscles and their tongue and their structures. Similarly to if you went to do a workout class, they would be like, engage your biceps. And you're like, okay, I know what I'm doing. So you're also bringing more awareness to what you want the client to do and to have more independence and awareness of what you want them to do. And that will increase the chance of generalization outside of the therapy room as well. Like, oh yeah, right. I'm supposed to be lifting up my tongue when I say lollipop. Yeah, lollipop's my favorite L word. It is a tough one, man. I don't even, I mean. Lally. But it's good. It's all on one plane. Lollipop. That's what prompt taught me. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. One plane. I like it. Lollipop. So you need some good jaw support there, but you can provide that as a parameter. Just hold on to it. And you really want them to bring up their tongue. I use the mighty mouth a lot. They're always grabbing it and wanting to like brush the teeth with it and all that fun stuff and play with the mouth. And I'm like, that's right. This is our mouth. It's always a good segue. And even for like pragmatic lessons, Mm -hmm. uh, lesson I did was like the speaker and the listener and I like incorporated it in the classroom too and I made like lips and the ears on a popsicle stick and put magnets on the box on the back so the teacher can just like stick them on her whiteboard corner of the room 
and the, but it's also like oh okay well, let's see who's gonna be our speaker and then like grab and then they could have like the mouth popsicle stick and um, a lot of our students it's helping them like okay who's gonna read the first question okay who's gonna be our speaker you guys are all listening so just like mm -hmm. a quick little fun visual because then they play with the mouth put their mouth they like you know pretend like it's a little mustache you know you can make it fun too yeah yeah i like fun. that i like that too deb so there's my tip for you guys speaker listener and you can even just take a picture of the student's own mouth or if you want to make it more personalized not just like google images it like i did yeah. but you know google image also works too though because our mouth is a mouth mouth or mouth no one's ears those aren't your teeth. Yeah. Those aren't good teeth. They aren't your teeth. They aren't oh, your yeah. teeth. They're gonna yeah. be like, those aren't your teeth. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I think I interrupted you this time, but... You Are you saying, saying more frequently I interrupt you? Perhaps I am. Perhaps I am. But maybe we're no, even now. You cannot hear me. I said, are you saying that I am the one who is usually interrupting no, I heard you. Yes, I do. I do think mm. sometimes you are the one interrupting. Oh. But it's okay. like, sometimes yeah. I have a question. What's the question? No, I said sometimes I have a question, so I have to be like, "Wait, you're you're about to tell me something new, and I have a question about something you said already." Okay, fair point. Fair point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all right. That's a good pragmatic lesson right there. Which one? What is the lesson? <laughs> Uh, the lesson is that, wait, I have a question about something you already said, so I don't want you to, like, move on and lose me. But there yeah. might be a more easier way to say something like that. Like, wait, I have a question about something you said. Something okay. you said. But anyway, yeah. so your pick episode, right, maybe Deb? More, maybe more it's about uh, cognitive flexibility. Ooh, cognitive. Because, like, so let's say you planned, like, I have to say this thing at length. But maybe as a speaker, you have to be more cognitively flexible in terms of your audience's reception of what you've said. So instead of like, and I, I don't like when people are like, save all questions to the end. Like when teachers would say that, like, that's going to be so long. That's a long, but you <laughs> enters too sometimes because you just want to like get it out. And then maybe their question will be answered throughout the presentation. No, I hate that nonsense. If okay. you keep listening, maybe your answer will be here. I don't know. Just just pause and let them. I think I also, I guess I'm also speaking from like the comedy perspective. Like comedians who are just so like, joke, 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 jokes. There's no like break in crowd work and like, where are you from? Oh, what did you say? And it's just like, set up premise punch, set up premise punch. And then they like get so grumpy when anyone even like makes a peep. Um, not, I'm not advocating for people to speak at comedy shows. Please don't. Um, but laugh and clap. I like when comedians and public speakers take a break mm, okay. and that they feel so self-assured in what they're trying to teach me that my little question is not going to derail their entire presentation or I, like a comedian can like take a break because sometimes you have to eat your food sometimes like you know it's hard to it's exhausting to listen to for 60 minutes straight and like 
comedians who have great shows, they're not just like up there giving a verbatim speech. They're cognitively flexible. Yeah. What about if there's like a recording like Netflix and they only have to like do jokes? But I guess edit the- that. they edit that. Mm-mm. Okay. Good answer, Deb. Good answer. And those people who they submitted that half hour to Netflix like eight months prior. Mm-hmm. And and they were like, this is what I'm going to say. So they knew what they were going to say. So they've been working on that for a year. Right. Their material. So they could take a little break, do some crowd work, alleviate some of maybe your own stress. I like what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down there. I'm going to next time, maybe I have to speak at something. Maybe I will be more cognitively flexible and being like, you could feel a little bit, you know, we could all use a little sensory break. Maybe I should incorporate some sensory breaks. Yeah, it's a little, take a sip, take a, take a breather. But don't, uh, you know, don't pause too long. Like, stay in control of yourself and your crowd. Anywho, I guess I always think about comedy and speech therapy together because I worked as a waitress at Caroline's on Broadway, which is now closed, which is crazy. I worked there for 10 years, but I worked there all through undergrad and grad school. So the same time I was learning about speech language pathology, I was also watching um, speech and language as a form of entertainment. So it was quite interesting to me, like learning how like, you know, people with language impairment struggle with like humor and stuff like that. Um, But then seeing crowds and crowds of people enjoy it immensely and then also like learning about people with attention difficulties struggling to maintain attention and focus for extended periods of time but then again comedy shows are an hour and a half and they're all sitting there and enjoying it and um I guess what I learned the most is that both speaking and listening um can be very fun and entertaining and should be so if it's difficult then um there's an issue that's the problem that like we're we're facing that if we're not having a good time speaking and listening then something is hard and that's Mm -hmm. what needs to be addressed so we don't have to think about like we do have to think about are they lifting up their tongue are they interrupting are they doing this and that you know um i think we could always just bring it back to like Speaking and listening should be innately fun, as long as we're on our the topics that we like and blah, 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 all that stuff, you know. Um, and we should be able to do it with ease. And if we can't, then that's the that's the problem. That's the pathology, if you will. If you want to yeah. get there, or is it a language difference? Well, then they would like their speaking and language in their not different <laughs> place you know what I mean like uh so like I'm just even, throwing one you I'm going so my favorite <laughs> thing that we did was our three-part series on fluency uh-huh. <clears throat> okay that's right which I guess was like yeah there's there's a speaking difference there but there are people who are just fluent who still enjoy speaking quite fine of um, course with their disfluencies it might be difficult for their listener to accept because they're not used to it um 
but yeah, I don't know. I feel like speaking and listening should be enjoyable. And if it's not, then as speech pathologists, we should work to make it enjoyable. I agree with that. I agree with that. I can get <laughs> Okay. That was my point. I was trying to come to. <laughs> but um, no, my favorite moment. I mean, I had so much fun on that three-part series. But when, so I spoke, no, you spoke to Steven Groner first. Yes. About assessment and like early. Yes, I was, was part. It? You were part one. I was part two. And then the, together we did part three. Yeah, we focused on assessment and um, he was saying how, you know, when you're stutter, when you're working, assessing a client that stutters, no matter the age you want to look at their feelings too, and the type of fluencies. And uh, he talked about like a 10 point scale and like having them like self-evaluate themselves like as a good assessment tool too, like right. give them and I like blanking on the exact one but he said you could make your own or you could find some he it was like kitty or something like a cat a kitty or something um I, yeah so you're I, reflecting on like your enjoyment to speak yeah and then a score that can go like let's say like an eight out of difficulty 10 being the absolute most difficult and they score themselves an eight and the question is like for example like um I have trouble like uh, it is difficult for me to, to introduce myself, for example. And they say, like, highly agree. I give that an eight. But after, like, three, four months of therapy with you, if they give themselves a six, that's two points down. And that's actually statistic statistically significant to a change. So you're like, look at that. So that's also, like, good rationale to keep therapy going. If, they're in, if it's in a school base or insurance or whatever, if you need to keep up with that with progress reports, which you do no matter what setting, but you could use that in your progress, like according to self-evaluation, you know, patient reported an eight, a few months later, they report a six now. So that's just right. a great 20% improvement on being able to introduce yourself to an unfamiliar peer or adult. Yeah. Um, that's, oh, yeah one. again so like speaking initially was not enjoyable to that person yeah. and then you work towards making it more enjoyable like I I'm happy to be like hello I'm Deborah right yes yes so that's what I want to I guess like that's my number one goal in all my speech therapy is I just want people to feel happy to speak and be able to make friends and learn easily in school that's it I love that Deb so then in that episode, which was fun, so then you did that episode, and then I did part two where we talked about, like, um, treatment. Of, and then part three was – no, 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 part three was treatment. I can't remember. But my favorite part was when we were all on the episode together before we started talking, and then Stephen was like uh, – are you sure this is like SLP's wine and cheese? Because that bottle looks empty. And I was like, yeah, I'm glad you noticed that. Because Maria said she had wine and she showed up with a cup in a bottle. <laughs> like, it was like, I'm sorry. I it was like 20% full. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what you were thinking either. Yeah. That's that was a fail moment. Sometimes we have fail moments, you know. So 
I brought that bottle that I thought was going to be enough for us in my mind. 10%. But 10%. 10%. <laughs> I'm sorry, Deb. All right. So I bought And then lot. another part that I thought was so fun in that episode when Stephen was talking about like sometimes like coming out as a stutterer is something that you work on. Like just to be like, hey, I'm stutter. So like this conversation might be tricky for you, but like I'm going to keep talking. And you just be a listener, like, because I stutter, that's fine. Um, and the way he said it, though, he was like, so we might practice, like, I'll tell them, like, we're going to get on this bus, and we're just going to announce to the bus, like, I stutter, and don't worry, your arm's not going to fall off. And then I was like, yeah. great, now, one day, somebody's arms is going to Like, Steven said, this wasn't going to happen. Um, yeah. Right. I hope no that one's on episode. Off. I, yes, I remember you liked that part a lot too, and that like resonated with you. So I just don't think anyone's arms are gonna fall off. So I'm gonna put that out there. <laughs> what would you wager? I would wager a million dollars that no one's arm is all the no one's arms will fall off, and it's a great therapy tip. And definitely <laughs> should put it to practice. And if you can't get on a bus, then you could just have them like record it and like play it on a video and watch themselves on a video like beginning stage you know talking about short-term goals that can be yeah. a long and just having them announce it to you and then like watching themselves on video saying it could be a great technique so that's my yeah. other tip i got a lot of tips today I'm just handing out the tips deb just i'm handing, handing out, out tips. all right so well my tip is to go back in SLP's Wine and Cheese archives and listen to our three-part series on uh, fluency with uh, Stephen Groner. And uh, I just think that, I think it's, it's a good three-part series, but the third episode, um, obviously I haven't listened to it in a bit, but I just remember laughing so much and having such a good time. So that's what I'm going to clip after I edit all this stuff. So uh, here will be a little clip, and then you guys can go back and check it all out and hear the whole thing. Perfect. Maria, do you have a quote? I don't have a quote. Um, <laughs> yeah. I could pull off a book from my bookshelf and get a yeah, quote. Yeah, let's see. Okay. Maria, this could be a new segment, Maria's bookshelf. This is your shelfie. This is my shelfie. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. I'm going to pick out this book. Mm-hmm. My book, everyone, is Light on Yoga by BK. Mm -hmm. What is this? BKS Egengar. So, well, mostly it has a lot of um, breakdowns of, of yoga positions. So I'm trying to think of people who maybe don't like yoga. I'm trying to make this relatable for everyone. But um, what, what yoga taught me the most was how to be comfortable in discomfort. That's the ultimate goal. I guess I always, I am very goal oriented. I had no clue. Okay. How about this? You know what the word yoga even means? Mm -mm. The word yoga is derived from the Sanskrit root, huge meaning to bind, join, attach, and yoke. To mm -hmm. direct and concentrate one's attention on, 
to use and apply. It also means union or communion. So yeah, and then it talks about more, it is the true union of our will with the will of God. And that's where I'm gonna stop when they use that. <laughs> but it means to yoke and come together. So maybe you can think about that in your therapy sessions. How am I going to make all this come together and reflect communication that is enjoyable? And communication for- that is enjoyable. I think that's how you'll have to make it connect. Yes. There you go. And that, <laughs> everyone, to yoke, to yoga. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I like eggs, but I don't like yolks like independently. Yeah, I know. I like- when you yoke, your mind instantly goes to an egg. And now you're yeah. just like, oh. Yoga and eggs. Now I'm hungry. Now eat an egg. Only you know, if there's like some mayo in there. Ooh, okay. Mayo is another hot topic. A lot of people hate mayo. I don't like. I don't prefer mayo. No, I feel like <laughs> other things instead. But if I was like starving and there's mayo on it, I'll still eat it. I love mayo, especially with like toast and sesame seeds. I'm into it. I'm a okay. mayo gal. Sal likes mayo. He likes to chop up like chicken cutlet and make like mayo. Mm. Egg who you could put in there or celery if you want to be healthy, which you usually like isn't. Both. I like both. I'm also a hearty person. Like all my soups and salads, I want chunks of things in it. I want it. I want stews and chilies. I am not there yet. I have not yet attempted to make a stew or chili yet, but I will get there. I will get oh, there. Oh, they're the easiest things because you just throw it all in, then you say goodbye. Okay. I like to do stuff like that. Yeah. All, all right. right. On that note, I'm going to throw all this together and say goodbye to you today. Bye, yes. Maria. Thanks for out. Another great episode. Another one for the books of SLP's Wine and Cheese. Ciao. Ciao. Arrivederci.